People who walk with God light the way or lead the way. People who walk with God lead the way. I think it's true. I think it's a true statement. So who do you think of when you hear that statement? What people come to mind? How do we prove that statement's true? Anyone come to mind when you hear that? person, maybe a Bible character, someone that you go, yeah, that's, that, guy led, that guy led the way for me. Maybe it's a father. Maybe it's a, a grandfather. I was reading through an old funeral message that I did for my grandfather at um, uh, my mother's father, Granddad Reeves, and uh, he's a fantastic example of a a man who led a life that just led others toward God. The way that he, he lived his life was a fantastic example of grace and, and mercy and uh, forgiveness. Incredible man, yeah. Anyone else? Billy Graham. Billy Graham, yep. Nelson Yep. It's good to have these role models to put in front of us to think about. To go, yep, it's possible. That's, that's where we're heading. So that's where you are at the moment. You're thinking about people who uh, you look to, toward that you might want to follow, that you might want to be an example. And today, by the end of today, I want you to be thinking, that's me. I want to be that person. How do I become that person? How do I um, light the way for others? And I'm going to give you some things to do today that you can actually implement into your life that will help you put that into place. Because the opposite can be true. Rather than light the way, we can be a stumbling block. It's possible to be a stumbling block even without even knowing it, if that's possible. Not intentionally stumbling others, but to live a life that does stumble others. Jesus was um, telling uh, Peter... And I'm sure this wasn't intentional. You think about Peter's statement, uh, Jesus' statement, he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Poor old Peter, that wasn't his intention. He was doing what he thought was the right thing to do in protecting Jesus or whatever he was doing at that point. But he wasn't, didn't have his heart or mind set on God's interest. And so it's possible to be a stumbling block, even with good intentions, if we don't have our focus set on Jesus. I know um, alongside of the positive people, I do know, I think of people in, that I know of that have been a stumbling block to others. And... In their own way, they're thinking that they're doing the right thing. And I heard of a story not so long ago of uh, two unchurched men who actually were talking about this Christian man and said, what was the word? He said they described him as a con man. And that is, that's sad. This, this man has good intentions, but his life doesn't always add up. And he's become a stumbling block to the very people that he's trying to witness to. It's possible. We have to have our eyes set on Jesus. 
We don't want to be like that. So there's verse. Um, have we talked about the little gift cards yet? Little gift packs. We've got we've got gift packs. And in the gift packs, in the gift packs, there's a little thing to put on the fridge. And on the back of one of the, on the back of it, there's some verses that help us to think about verses like "You were formerly in darkness, but now you are now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light." And Jesus spoke again to them, saying, "I am the light of the world. He who follows me." will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of, of life. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, he lights a lamp and places it on a stand where it gives light to everyone else in the house. In the same way, let your good, good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So... Jesus is explaining, this is what I want you to do. It's not when we think of the light of the world. It's not just Jesus. He's saying to us, I want you to be the light of the world by the way that you live your life, by the way that we, what we do, our good deeds, to shine out. Not so that they will praise you, not so people will praise you and say, oh, what a fantastic person you are. But Jesus says, so that they will give praise to your heavenly Father. They will see his love in you. They will see his joy in you. They will see his holiness, his honesty. They will see God's forgiveness in you. They will see his mercy. They will see his grace. They will see his characteristics shining through you as you live your life. Apart from Jesus, when I was thinking about this, the only other person that come to mind that I've been reading through at the moment is uh, David. And uh, David led. He was a, a young man who led by example. And so I was reading through First Samuel, and uh, apart from picking up five uh, stones, David picked up. I picked up five characteristics of David that I want to read through. It's all, I found this in uh, just one chapter, chapter 17. So five characteristics, and they won't be long. They'll be quick. The first characteristic I saw in verse 20 was that David was obedient. So it says that David left the sheep with another shepherd, and he set out early in the morning with the gifts that Jesse, that's his father, had directed him. And he arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Put yourself in David's shoes for a second. He's the youngest son. All his brothers are out fighting in war. Where did David want to be? At home, looking after the sheep, listening to Dad, getting the water, doing the chores, stuck with everything. He wanted to be at the battlefield. In fact, every opportunity that his dad said, listen, take this message over to the, the boys, take some food over to them, encourage them, he was off. He was keen to do that. But he was obedient to his father and he stayed where his father, um, he did what his father asked him to do. And there's a lot in that. 
I think in those moments where David was doing what he was supposed to be doing, um, obeying his parents, that God was actually preparing him for a bigger thing than just a battle. I spent a lot of time in a paddock and um, wandering around and doing things, and you seem to occupy yourself doing little things, uh, throwing rocks, practising, um, hitting things. And I don't think David would have been any different to that. He would have had a slingshot. I'm sure he would have been starting off hitting trees and then hitting trees on the run and then uh, attacking all sorts of bushes. That just like We've got three boys who um, were practising with tommyhawks most of the time and the trees around our place all bear the wounds. They, there are scars on trees everywhere. And uh, one tree just recently died, which is now becoming a warmth to our, our household. But um, they're the sorts of things that boys do. And they're small things. But they're things that prepare you for a bigger thing. And God is preparing David, because of his obedience to his father, for bigger things. God needed a king who was going to be faithful in the little things, who was going to be obedient to him when he asked him to do something. God was preparing David and he needed to be him to be obedient. So, I mean, these are the things I think that makes David a man after God's own heart when you think through these things. Verse 34 says that um, David persisted. David was disciplined. Uh, verse 34 says, David persists, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said, and when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns in me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. That's pretty graphic, but it's... Uh, he was practised. He was practising that sort of stuff. You don't do that. If a lion or bear comes to you, put yourself in the position for a second. You don't stand there and grab it by the jaw and club it to death. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. You run. Any normal person would run. Unless you've been practising for this. You're disciplining yourself. You know that you have confidence in your ability to hit this, whatever it is coming at you, with a rock, to distract it, to, to hit it with a club, to, to wrestle with to the ground or, or whatever it is. But David was preparing himself. He was disciplining himself. He was practised. He was prepared. Um, he was doing his drills. He was probably doing push-ups. He was doing sit-ups. Who knows what? He would have been quick on his feet. He was practising all the things that he needed in order to protect the sheep, and God was preparing him for bigger things. Um, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, David was disciplined. He's writing psalms, he's writing songs. God was using all of these things in this, in this period of, his, of this lead-up into his life. And part of discipline is not just doing it when you feel like it. Part of discipline... Discipline is doing it when it's hard. And so David took care of the flock. Rain, hail, 
sun beating down, David was there caring for the sheep. Rain, hail or shine. And we may not be facing a lion or a bear or a giant today, but it's an opportunity for us to be disciplined, to be preparing ourselves for that day, for that moment, because we don't know when that will come. So we must be practised. We must be disciplined in order to prepare ourselves. Uh, David Goggins, you might not know who he is, but a motivational speaker, calls it callousing your mind. Callousing your mind. Having your mind set. Knowing what you will do when the time comes, like your hands are calloused because of work, he calls it callousing your mind. You're already hard. You already know what's going to happen. So equip yourself and be ready for battle. Be disciplined. Discipline your prayer life. Discipline your Bible reading. Discipline what you do, where you go, people you talk to, how you talk. Discipline yourself. Be self-disciplined. Third rock. I've got some rocks over here. What have we done? Obedience. Discipline. These are the rocks that David used to kill a giant. Take one. Take one with you. David was respectful. Ah, I didn't write respectful. It's there. David was respectful. When Saul came to David, he put his own armour on him, put a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail, and David tried it on, but then he respectfully said, this is not for me. I think it's an important thing for David to treat Saul with respect. He was God's anointed king. And David always treated him with respect. Even when Saul was trying to kill him, David said, no, I'm not going to take his life. Even when David had opportunity to kill Saul, he said, no, I'm not going to do it. He had respect. And I think it's a really important characteristic for us to practice. We may not always agree with what people have to say. We may not always agree with what the decisions the eldership make. But you can respect the person's decision. You can actually challenge the decision respectfully. Come and talk to the person and, and speak it through. You don't just have to agree with everything. Respectfully entering into discussion. I think that's uh, it's a characteristic that God wants us to develop because disrespect is not bringing honour and glory to God. Talking behind someone's back because you don't agree with the decision is gossip and slander, and it's not godly. So respect is actually saying, you know, you can come and talk to the eldership. Come and talk to us. We're not above reproach. We, we need your feedback. So please feel free to do that. But the warning is don't go behind the back of people and talk and slander. That is not godly. Be respectful. Uh, fourth stone, David was creative. Uh, I like creativity. He picked up, uh, verse 40 says, he picked up five smooth stones from the stream and he put them into his shepherd's bag and then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling. He started across the valley to fight the Philistine. I like that. 
for me, David is an out-of-the-box thinker. And that's an important characteristic to have for anyone. Something you can develop. I teach art, so I don't teach art thinking that I can't change people's life. I teach it because I encourage people to be creative. It's a fantastic thing to develop in people's life. Everyone can be creative. God was creative and he made us in his image. So we're all creative. No excuses. God is actually developing creativity in us. And so, for his purpose. I like this. So David, instead of gearing up with a sword and a shield and all the armour, he was thinking, there's no way I can beat this guy on his terms. Why would I do that? Why fight like with like? And every other soldier in the army realised, if I do that, I'll be killed. So they ran when David, when Goliath made the challenge. David thought, that's not me. I'm going to be different to that. And so he brought David, um, Goliath down to his level with a rock to the head and then cut off his head. Just because everyone else does something doesn't mean it's the most effective way of doing it. Be creative. Think outside the box. Last lesson, David was courageous. Courageous. Verse 48, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to meet him. As I said, every other soldier was running away and David was running towards. And when every nerve in his body would have been screaming, run, you fool, he addressed the fear and ran toward. How do you do that? And David chose faith over fear. He had faith that God was with him wherever he went. He had unswerving faith in God that God would help him. He said, just as God helped me with the lion and the bear, he's going to help me take this guy down. So he was practised in developing his faith, which gave him courage. His faith gave him the courage to run toward the enemy. So what stone, David's got five stones, reaches into his bag, pulls out one. What stone killed Goliath? Anyone would have done it. Any stone, would have, any one of these things would have uh, brought Goliath down. The fact that he was obedient towards God. God blesses obedience. The fact that he was disciplined. God gifted him and he practiced his skills. The fact that he was respectful, creative or courageous, it didn't really matter. God uses those characteristics in us for his glory. He wants us to light the way for others. And you might be thinking, oh, I'll never be like Jesus. I could never do that. I could never be like David. But David didn't think, I've got to have all of these things all together in one go. He just picked one stone and he used that. And so that's my challenge today. Just choose one thing. Take a rock, and if there's not enough rocks, there's stacks outside, just don't tell the gardener. There's a texter over there. 
and work on one characteristic this week. Just work on one. Have put it in a prominent place. And as you walk past it, think about that. Develop that characteristic. And before you know it, you will start developing others. Before you'll know it, you'll have a whole bag of things. And before you know it, God will be transforming your heart and your mind and your character to be the person that God can use to do amazing things for him. Um, I noticed the girls are doing a, rock, a uh, book exchange and uh, I think the boys should do a rock exchange. Bring your rock back. When you think, I did well with that this week, come and change it with another rock. Ask someone else. Hold each other accountable. How's it going with your rock? Which rock did you choose? Uh, what are you working on this week? Do you want to swap rocks? I want to develop. I don't know. Put them in a bag and dig one out. This week I'm going to work on grace. I want to show grace this week. And you'll be surprised how many opportunities you have to show it. We all need it. Anyway, before you know it, you will be the person that God uses to lead and light the way for others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus, his example of holiness and love and joy and peace, the light that he brought for us, the way that he led the way of salvation. Uh, we look to him and we ask that your spirit lights in us, that we might be like him in order to lead others to you. You've called us for this purpose. We know that there's an enemy that's trying to undo your good work in us. So, Father, we ask for your protection upon us and help us to be the men and the women, the people, that you are using to light this world, this dark world. I ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.